Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Kinetic Life Podcast, brought to you by Kinetic Renew. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your way to your dreams, your goals, and your success. We'll be fueling that with key information on topics like health, science, tech, and lifestyle, coated with a few laughs along the way. In this episode, how Jim Carrey manifested $10 million using the power of visualization, Muhammad Ali's confidence knockout, pineapple leaves burn fat, you won't believe your ears, extend your life because of what time you eat, plus a boost of motivation and a few practical tips that will help you reach your goals. And now we begin, but first, a few words about your hosts. Almost as soon as Michael Chalaboudis earned his degree in biochemistry, he was back in college teaching biochemistry. He was also busy in the gym, working as a fitness instructor. However, the goal was med school, but studying was difficult with such a hectic schedule. He needed a strong pick-me-up, but a healthy one. Only sorcery could produce what he demanded. So his quest could only lead him back to the laboratory. There, combining his chemical wizardry with talents for formulation far beyond those of mortal man, he developed a healthful concoction to help him stay alert and focused long into the dark night. This became Alpha Wolf, and the interest it generated pulled his life into a new direction. Now, disguised as the mild-mannered chief development officer of Kinetic, he's fighting for better health on a far greater scale than he ever could as a solitary MD. Mark Hertzberg earned diverse degrees, such as Doctor of Optometry and an MBA in Decision-Making Sciences Quantitative Analysis, as well as an MBA in Finance, ages before Kinetic Renew was available. Fortunately, staying awake to study was not a problem for someone who never slept nor studied. Over the years, such attributes caused several professors and doctors to put him through tests to see if he actually was at all related to humans. Indeed, many people assume he sees UFOs all the time. In reality, he has never seen an unidentified flying object. Since the day he beamed down to this planet, he has yet to see one alien craft he could not identify. A walking databank of concepts who can explain everything as long as nobody asks for names and dates or any proper nouns. He can associate incredibly obscure, unrelated sources of information at superluminal speeds and reformulate their uses. This power to solve any earthly problem could be used for great good or darkest evil. Fortunately, a non-interference directive limits him to using it to make jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 everyone. Hey, I'm Mike Shalavudis, and I'm really glad to have you here at our pilot episode of the Kinetic Life Podcast. It's a great day for a great day. Greetings and salutations. This is Mark Hertzberg at the Kinetic Podcast. Glad you came to be with us. Hey, Mark, you ever hear the story about Jim Carrey writing himself a $10 million check? 10 years before it actually happened? No, I did not. So I, he tells the story uh, in an interview in 2007, but uh, the story goes that 1985, um, which he was a, had a struggling career in, in improv and as a comedian, he wrote himself a $10 million check, dated it for 10 years in the future, so dated for 1995, for acting services rendered. The story goes that in November 95, about 10 years later, he received $10 million for his role in Dumb and Dumber. 
So writing a check for $10 million to himself in 10 years for acting was a leap in faith in what he could become. I, I see it more as a setting the goal situation than a leap in faith because it's only a leap in faith if I write the check to someone who's going to sue me for non-payment, so, which is interesting. When they sent him the check for Dumb and Dumber, did he send himself a check for the full $10 million? Or does he have to go collect from himself? Mm. But he set the goal and put it in writing. And that's because it's easy to set goals and lose the goal. But when you set the goal and say, can't fidget, can't fudge it, that's the goal. I believe he kept the check in his wallet the entire time. So it's a, he put it into action, put it into writing, and it's something that he could always see every time he went into his wallet, whether it was full or empty, he saw that $10 million check and had you know visualized it coming to to pass and i think this is a great example of what they call visualization and a lot of famous people do visualization te techniques well unfortunately jim carrey also filmed the mask so he may have also been visualizing uh the present era when everyone is wearing a mask <laughs> so what is visualization well visualization is uh when you have something you want to do or going to do and it's easiest to put in like physical terms let's say you're playing tennis and you want a better backhand besides having a coach show it to you and practicing it or watching yourself on video sometimes you should just close your eyes and visualize yourself making the same stroke as let's say some professional tennis player you're going to model your stroke after and you watch it in your head and you repeat it and then see if you can repeat that physically well, you can do that with anything. You can see yourself studying better and getting a better grade. You can visualize even better, visualize the rewards of keeping on track with something and uh, pulling it through. Unfortunately, some people, it's like you instinctively visualize dreams instead of possibilities, meaning this is the Rolls Royce and the Ferrari I'll buy when I win the lottery, which you can't do anything about. You should be visualizing something I can do about why I should keep motivated because this is what I get at the end of it. I agree exactly. And actually what you explained there was the two different types of visualization. One is process visualization where you're envisioning every step towards your desired outcome. So whether it's a repeated backhand to become better in tennis. Now, Outcome visualization is exactly what it is, the envisioning the desired future end. So a combination of both is how you really become successful and get to where you want to be. So the outcome visualization is the luxury car, the Rolls Royce, the Ferrari. The process visualization is the steps you need to take to get there. Now, sometimes you have a plan or a vision in your head from those steps, but if you, they don't always come turn out the way you expect, but having that vision of those steps helps get you from where you're starting to that outcome result. And you can do visualization because it could be two ends of it integrated into one thing. For instance, with our sponsor Kinetic, uh, you can visualize that you want to succeed in business and when you're rich, you're going to be sipping champagne next to the with the owners of the horse who wins the Kentucky Derby. You can be next to the driver sipping milk at the end of the Indianapolis 500. You can be on a yacht sipping wine 
and you can visualize all these things, but you could also visualize that I'm going to drink Kinetic to keep alert and motivated while I'm doing the work that's going to get me there. Process to outcome. And that's how you have to look at it, kind of one step at a time. And that goes to the the, the quote, was it, you know, every journey starts with the first step? Well, more often not, it's a lot of steps to you get to the outcome. But actually, Confucius has a great quote that I've always been a big fan of. Um, you know, it's something I've looked at, or I've said to myself more often than not, uh, those who think they can and those who think they can't are both usually right. So, and this kind of ties into visualization. If you think you can and you're visualizing and you're putting those steps into action, whether it's a, a vision board with pictures of what you want as well as the actions you're taking to get there, uh, you have a much greater chance of succeeding compared to, you know, well, I can't because... Uh, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I, I you know, I don't have the skills. Um, actually, I believe it's a great quote from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. You know, the only difference between um, you and your goals are the BS excuses you keep telling yourself. <laughs> the more uh, the twenty first century uh, crude version of Confucius's quote. Mm, the Alpha Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking Confucius's quote into two halves. The second half, who think they can't. That's almost an absolute, because once you think you can't, you don't try, or the first thing that goes wrong, you give up, or you, you just do the wrong things. As far as those who think they can, that doesn't always guarantee, but that's the first step in the step. Everyone who succeeds basically thinks they can. Okay, no one who thinks they can't is among those. Even the little train that could, I think I can, I think I can. But the next step is, you know, it's how you have to believe you can, no matter what the adversity, to the point that maybe we should listen to Yoda. There is no can, there is do. <laughs> yeah, and then well, and then it just goes from taking the risk or taking the chance. A lot of people are afraid of the outcome either way, and if you never take any chances, you'll never get to any success, whether it's that, you know, starting your own company, starting your own blog, uh, pushing for promotion, whatever it may be. If you never give it a try, was it Gretzky? You know, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you put the words success, risk, chance all together. What's your favorite game? Ooh, you know I'm a big fan of Monopoly. <laughs> Comes out in that, doesn't it? Speaking of I think I can and uh, with your own story uh when you were studying for mcats and all that uh and it got with the whole lifestyle a lot of stress a lot of tired you had to trudge through it uh you yourself decided that you can get through this and you can use your own skills to help yourself get through it and isn't that how you first formulated your first concoction yeah the uh, the alpha wolf product or i guess the beta version of it I, I mean, I was working two jobs, and like I said, I think the first movie I saw that was related to this at the time was Limitless with Bradley Cooper, and at the, you know, he takes some magical pill and he's a genius, and I knew that wasn't, that didn't exist, but I figured, look, I've been making my own sports supplements, I'm a smart guy, I could put something together to make myself a little bit smarter, give me a little competitive edge, um... Did a lot of research and bought a whole bunch of different things and you buy all these things come in almost ambiguous powders so it looks pretty sketchy what it was doing but they're all natural ingredients botanicals and amino acids and 
I was made my own blend and kind of kept playing with it. And I was a human guinea pig for myself and uh, it worked. I ended up uh, doing real well on my MCAT and I mean, and with that, between the help of what I put together, as well as the fact that I just knew what I could do, I knew what I was capable of from a score standpoint um, and how well I, you know, could do on the test, you know, just because, you know, you do these practice tests and I had faith and a vision of what I could, could get on it. Um, and after a lot of hard work and making, you know, the help of the products that I put together, uh, for myself, the beta version of Alpha Wolf, I am doing really well in the MCAT. Um, but then my vision expanded from there. So you knew that you had the ability, if you had the time to study, you had the energy and awake enough to do well in the MCAT. And you also knew you had as a, uh, biochemist you had the ability to make a supplement that could help you get to that thing. But if we fast forward in the story, when you get to the point where people are saying, why don't you make this for sale instead of just for yourself? Now you're getting into an area you've never done before. So did you like envision the company and how you would get there? Because you were moving onto new turf, not to, not just saying I can do this. I've done it before. I guess I envisioned the outcome. Um, <clears throat> which you have to, I guess, start with that. And then you kind of, okay, what, then you start going through the process to get there. And I guess I was smart enough to know what I didn't know. So I tapped people for insight, whether it was an FDA attorney or accountants or people in the industry. And I started teaching myself. I would think I'm an intelligent individual and whatever I don't know or I need to know, I teach myself. So I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about production. You know, when <clears throat> doesn't come without making mistakes, which you know hurts from a financial and time standpoint. But you learn from it and you move forward and you keep, you know, keep going through that process. The end goal doesn't change. The vision is still there, and with every step, a little extra knowledge, you just become a little more prepared and, and a little bit closer. And you have to keep looking at that every day. I'm a little bit closer to that outcome. And even on the day when something happens, because there are always setbacks, and you're not a little closer that day, you have to be able to back up and going. But on the big picture, the graph is still going in the right direction. Exactly. You know, it might be three, four steps forward and a step back. You have those days, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm a hundred steps further now than I was when I first started. And that's kind of how we changed the name of the company because it's a lifestyle we're after, which is, I know I can succeed. I'm not just talking about taking something where I have energy in the moment or whatever. It's something that I'm heading towards a goal. I have a lifestyle and this is part of it. Yeah. A vision, a vision of what you, you can become and I guess, you know, what gave that, what, the reason I have that view is, you know, the experience through my life. And that what is what helped mold me and made me to the point that I know what I'm capable of. And, you know, I've, you know, succeeded and pushed past whether it was, I mean, heck, 
I was getting taken out of the classroom when I was little because I couldn't read. And like, I don't even know what grade it was, probably first, second grade or something like that. I was taken out of the class because I couldn't shut up. Oh, well, I didn't have that issue. But you know, fast forward to high schools and all AP courses. Uh, I was cut from the seventh grade lacrosse team, which who doesn't? Everyone makes a team in seventh grade, you know, is in the middle school. And by the time I was a senior, I was on varsity. I mean, I was a captain of varsity, of, uh, you know, the captain of the varsity team. Uh, amongst many other things in my life, you know, heck, in my, uh, in my room at home, I have my rejection letter from my undergrad university next to my diploma. And then I have the rejection letter from my grad school next to my diploma. No is not in my vocabulary. Don't say no to me. There, there's always a way. <laughs> so is no in your vocabulary? Hmm. I guess it is, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't take rejection well. Yet. Yeah, and yet. <laughs> We're sponsored by Kinetic Renew. Kinetic Renew is a four-ounce shot of all-natural ingredients that deliver some amazing benefits, like improved mental clarity, long and short-term focus, and improved memory and cognition. Plus, Kinetic Renew improves mood with the added benefits of anti-stress and anti-anxiety. It provides antioxidants and neuroprotection, all this with no caffeine, no artificial flavors, sweeteners, or colors, and it's only five calories. Visit KineticLife.com and subscribe today. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-Q-Life.com. So this is one of many personal visit, one of many personal visualizations. Visualize yourself saying the word correctly. Visualization. (laughs) One of many personal visualization stories in my life. I was, like I played sports in high school and college and I was maybe, I was 6'2", 6'3", and like 160 pounds soaking wet by the time I graduated high school. And I would work out all the time and eat as many calories as I can. For the love of God, I just wanted to put some weight on and fill out. And I just had the visualization, you know, of, and I would watch the the bodybuilders and with Arnold and uh, Phil Heath and all those guys. Cutler. Now, granted, they were, um, you know, the extreme end of things, but I visualized what I could become that I could fill out. And, but I also put the actions into it. I worked my butt off. Why would you work your butt off when you're trying to put weight on? I worked my butt on. Worked my butt on to make it bigger. Wait, no. By the time after freshman year of college, I think I put on 25 pounds of lean muscle freshman year of college. And everyone, I, they came home, people were like, what are you taking? Nothing. I just, I just, every day I was getting dragged to the gym after practice by my roommate and I just worked hard. I did research on everything from supplements. I wasn't making my own at the time as well as, you know, lifting techniques. Um, I was started training at a private training facility at on Long Island for high school, college, and semi-pro athletes I did everything but those are the steps along with the visualization to get me to where I you know my end result and I just continued with it so by the time I finished you know college I was in amazing shape um not without some injuries in the process and playing sports and I would say I'm a you know fast forward geez how many years I've been out of college it's been 12 years later oh god um I would say I'm in uh, pretty good shape, you know, I'm, I'm toot my own horn here, 
but uh you know and i stick with it uh i don't want to be the guy with dad bod when i get older i want to be uh i want to be the hot dad <laughs> well it uh you've got to put it all together into var visualization actualization realization mm. well if you, if you don't have any uh actualization or action into it you will never get the results right. you can't sit there visualizing all the time then you're just a dreamer <sighs> as a character in something i wrote a long long time ago in a galaxy far away the only thing worse than a dream that doesn't come true is a dream you never try exactly and if you're going into a blind without visualization you don't have an end result i mean it doesn't mean you'll have some sort you won't have some sort of sort of success it's just i guess Without the visualization, you have less guidance of where you want to be. When you said like going into like a, did you say blind alley? I just got this visualization in my head of, what is that blind superhero's name? Um, Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. That if he gets into a fight, he visualizes what's going on and what he's going to do. So even though he can't see it, in his, in his oh, mind he sees it yeah. and does it. Isn't that a... I only saw the movie once. It was an equalizer, kind of a similar thing. He kind of like visualizes each step. The equalizer? No, Denzel Washington. Well, that's because I'm remembering the original equalizer, the TV show from the 80s. He wasn't blind. He was a retired, like... Uh... No, he wasn't blind, but like he kind of had like... I thought he, I don't think I only saw the movie once a while ago. I thought he kind of visualized of kind of like, you know, okay, guy, 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 the actions. Oh, actually, you know who does that? Uh, and Sherlock Holmes. And the funny thing is, I was thinking Robert of that Downey when you Jr., described yeah. that, especially the very first one, the Sherlock Holmes with um, Tony Stark in it. <laughs> um, in his, yeah. And he does the calculations as he's visualizing, mm -hmm. which, now that I think about it, there's a similarity in when he's Iron Man and seeing the <laughs> things in front of him. Yeah, without, you know, he's just talking a little bit faster instead of taking the step back right, and kind of doing step by play, step. He sees yeah. a lot of the calculations at, as Sherlock Holmes, mm. he saw and he visualized. Mm, Typecasters? <laughs> Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. You can do anything you put your mind to. Yes, you can. So this is actually a... There's a very famous speech by Muhammad Ali, and it's right before his big fight, also known as the Rumble in the Jungle in 1974 against George Foreman. Now, George Foreman, I believe, was undefeated at the time, and Ali was a four-to-one underdog. Uh, and I believe it was the press conference before the fight, the day before the fight, I want to say. And, um, you know, the speech is known uh, as... Uh, I'm going to show you how great I am. And he goes into, you know, that he's wrestled an alligator. He you know, makes medicine sick. He so fast, he turned off the lights and was in bed before the lights were out. I think he's injured a stone. No one had faith in him winning. It was a huge upset. But not only did he have faith and confidence in himself, he, he verbalized it. You know, he, and he was putting into his vision, he was expressing his vision of, of what he can become and that he was going to you know pretty much smack George Foreman around I mean we all know the very next day he he won now you know the, the rope-a-dope technique he kind of wore for, Foreman out but he won a fight that no one thought he would win he he visualized it in his mind he verbalized it and he, and he put it into action 
and uh, I think it's just a, a great story. And uh, for those out there, you should listen to the speech sometime. Um, check for the link in the show notes. And I've used it a ton of times in actually motivational videos, which you probably find on YouTube. And then I personally like it. It's, you know, having confidence in yourself, but expressing it and uh, really, you know, putting your thoughts into actions. And not in a way, I mean, look, there's one thing to be, you know, there's a difference between confident and cocky, I think. Cocky is actually more of uh, someone that's a little bit more weak and insecure, and they're trying to just kind of express confidence when they don't go have it. Box the loudest. Exactly. You know uh, where uh, Ali, when he had the speech, it was he was confident in himself, and he carried himself with confidence because he knew that you know not only can he beat George Foreman, but that he was. Well, it's still cocky, but if you can back it up, it's yeah, okay. That's true. And George Foreman, who. Number one, visualize the better way to make a hamburger, and the rest is history. <laughs> and the and success he's chicken. had in a lot of things. But there's also the, once you've done what you want to do and people challenge it, having the confidence to, because I once saw George Foreman interview and he gave a great answer to a challenging question, which is, someone asked him, your kids are George, George Jr., George II, George III, Georgette. George. I understand you wanted to name everyone George. How did you get your wife to let you do this? And he goes, I one day just turned to her, I go, honey, I've had a lot of fights. I've taken a lot of hits to the head. I have trouble remembering things. Everybody's George. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's the that's way to get away with it. I visualized that question coming, and I'm confidently ready for it. <laughs> Muhammad Ali said in that speech, I'll show you how great I am. We want you to show us how great you are. You are amazing. Show us. Set a goal. Make it happen. Send us an email. Let us know how it happened and what happened. The email is in the show notes. Now, Pineapple Science. Time to be topical. Uh, recently, uh, there was a little and scientific announcement that I will describe as: if you want your fat to leave, you need pineapple leaves. Fatty pineapples? No, anti-fatty pineapples. Ooh. That look at your fat and go make like a tree and leave. <laughs> uh, they have found that there's certain substances in the pineapple leaves that they can grind them up and make, I guess, a powder. And if you ingest this when you've had a lot of certain types of fats and certain types of fats that are in friendly fats in your meal, it will actually like sponge them up in your gut so you never digest it. It just carries them out. Yeah, it actually says about one gram of the substance can absorb 45 grams of fat. That's better than bounty towels. That is better than bounty. So, Mark, to clarify, we're talking about the hard, prickly, but pretty unique top of a pineapple, what you cut off, correct? That you don't normally eat. Yeah, it's, it's the garnish, I guess, if you want to say something. Right, it's probably hard to digest, and I think that's why you don't eat it, but it's also why this thing will pass through you it'll, and pull some stuff with it on the way. Mm. Now, those could lead to issues, because if you're not absorbing the fat, it kind of just lubricates everything, which... Ends, with, uh, ends up being a bad time. In this situation, the substance itself is absorbing the fat. So 
the substance from which is from actually dried and ground up pineapple leaves. Um, they actually made it into a cracker and a gel cap. It's absorbing the fat so your body can absorb the fat, but it this now absorbed spongy fat leaf substance just passes through your system like a piece of food. And we should make sure that we're clear. This is an article that was recently out. So this isn't a tested product on the market. It's something we're going to keep a keen eye on and yes. visualize. And then it also, you know, we'll have to see if it's uh, formulatable and producible in uh, yeah, forms again, this- and how well it works in the real world and also uh, which fat it absorbs and not to overdo it and absorb all fat. So there's a lot yeah, you, before people run out and say, where do I get this stuff? Yes, you need some fats in your diet. There's a lot of healthy fats that you need. Um, and this is being researched. They're starting to expand you know, some trial groups or something. Don't be going home and grinding up your pineapple leaves and eating them. Um, you know, it's just the beginning of, of, of studying the substance, um, but very cool results because uh, if it can be, you know, translated and used in humans, um, you know, this might be something that, you know, you just eat one of these crackers or take a gel cap, you know, when you go into McDonald's because you really want that, you know, uh, those fries that are just so amazing or Big Mac or whatever it may be or just another fatty meal that, you know, once a day, you're like, oh, I could, you know, can't get, you know, get through my diet without having some of this ice cream or whatever it is. You just take one of these gel caps with it or eat a cracker. And if it's a little bit more guilt-free. Right. I have a feeling we're not going to get to the point of if it came in a bottle, everyone would have a great body, meaning you can't just say, I'm going to have the worst, fattiest diet possible (laughs) and this will take care of it. But you know, it's uh, a little help along the way if you're doing things. Yeah. Oh, most important thing is uh, moderation, people. Mm. You know. But don't be too moderate. No, don't be too moderate. <laughs> moderation in moderation. Yeah. One thing, because you, you said about good fats, and we've come up with this a lot when we, because we are nootropic, we are interested in things that help the brain. Mm-hmm. And we're weekly cataloging news and sciences. So often we see things about uh, because the brain actually energizes itself with fat better than carbs and sugar, and it's not getting that. And some of the problems in older age, you know, associated with Alzheimer's or other dementias go earlier on in the process and sometimes it's interrupting the way the brain likes to be fed. And there's a very, another recent article about the insulin, let's say a pre-diabetic, because diabetes will accelerate a lot of the problems we talk about. Insulin delivered into the nose breaks its way through into the blood-brain barrier and this may be helping slow down the deteriorative processes because uh, that's also related to you know insulin resistance to fuels the brain does and doesn't like so and to expand on this mark uh you know uh an infant is actually not does not use sugar uh to fuel the brain um actually they're the fuel source of the brain then is something called ketones which they're getting from the brown fat or baby fat and as we get older, you know, we get rid of your, your baby fat and, you know, we're consuming, 
you know, regular meals, um, glucose or sugar from the food you eat gets past the blood-brain barrier, but it requires energy, yeah, as well as the use of insulin to pass this barrier. Now, as we age, more often than not, especially with our current diets, uh, we have higher sugar levels, in which case it's harder for glucose or the sugar to pass through the brain to fuel your brain cells. Now, in comparison, your brain weighs about 2% of your body weight, but it requires 20% of your daily energy expenditure. Yes, your brain requires a lot of energy. Now, it doesn't mean if you're reading books all day and you're thinking you're going to be skinny. It doesn't work that way, people. But uh, it does mean you have to feed your brain. Now, these keto bodies burning from fat, which you know uh, Mark mentioned, um, they pass passively, which means required does not require energy uh, to pass the blood-brain barrier. So there's a lot of research into this that this might, uh, at a minimum, either be a culprit for some forms of dementia, you know, having sugar absorption issues, um, as well as a you know supplementing with ketone bodies, um, keto esters, as a potential form of therapy. For those that are having issues, uh, you know, or you know, early and late stage dementia. Uh, again, this is real early research, and uh, that you know, they're expanding on it. So hopefully, by the time uh, I'm a lot older, I will have this figured out. Uh, but the idea that a nasal spray uh, is something as simple as that nasal spray of insulin could help mitigate the progression uh, of dementia is amazing because I know what little drugs they have uh, medications for uh, you know middle and late early and late stage dementia is you know half the time they don't even know the mechanism or just uh, I should put in that it would mitigate the progress of dementias that are based on this problem not correct. all it would be for those that are dementia is an umbrella term as they call it it's a lot of things under dementia Parkinson Alzheimer's uh, amongst many others so uh Yes, Mark. To certain dementias, or they, that if they believe uh, this uh, energy uh, absorption by the brain issue, uh, this would help with that. You know, I think it's a simple mechanism. It's uh, look, people don't want to be taking too much harsh drugs, so a simple insulin-based nasal spray, if that could go a long way, you know, this is uh, amazing. Modern medicine, people. It's uh, we are living in the future. <laughs> yes. If at first you don't succeed, try another way. Well, you must be happy you're singing and it's not even raining. (laughs) I didn't know you could sing. I was right. (laughs) (laughs) There's one more thing that I thought was interesting, and it was a a mouse study about time of eating and how it may lead to life extension. Eat when the cat's not around. Exactly. Simple as that. Uh, No, they're talking about, uh, you know, that depending on when you eat... Uh, you know, leads to life extension. But they were using mice, and then the mice are nocturnal, and they're saying that the, the mice that ate during the night, which would be, you know, their preferred time, end up living longer. But then in the next breath, they're just converting it to humans, which saying, okay, if, if we just translate this, it'd be humans who'd eat so during the day. So are you a man night. or a mouse? It depends on the day. It builds on two separate uh, ideas that have had a lot of studies for each of them. One of the ideas is fasting and, 
you know, people use it for weight loss. Some people, you know, some people have long-term fasting, and that's fasting with liquids, not fasting, fasting with nothing. Uh, the others who fast once a day for, you know, once a, one day a week, they're all different versions, and some are using this for dieting, and others are using it because they say it makes them healthier, life extension. There's an other theory involved here, which is what time you eat. So they're not talking about fasting or calorie restriction. It's just restricting the hours of the day that you eat. And this study seems to be comparing fasting with that. And I think in this study, one thing they found is that all of these things that people are doing for weight loss didn't seem any more effective than regular dieting. But the mice that restricted their eating toward into their active period in the night, and that these must be nocturnal mice hiding from the cat, they actually had, a, I think, was a 30% life extension. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. Now, one thing, this is, you know, a bug, a, you know, pet peeve of mine uh, as the world's leading insomniac. There are all different types of sleep patterns and insomnia, and a lot of times when they convert these to humans, they're saying, so humans are active in the day, it should be during the day, and they'll do tests like that, and then they'll force people to reverse and be active in the night, and it won't work. But if you take people who are naturally nocturnal and active at night, that could be a completely different story. So it's pretty much, like you said, it's during the active period. It doesn't matter. They're just translating it. Like, well, if it's the mice are active at night, average person's active during the day, it must be good to eat during the day if you're a human. Well, like I said, you're, if you're an insomniac, maybe not. Maybe uh, eating at night when you're running around is a lot better than during the day. And I'm talking about a specific type of insomniac who can sleep but just doesn't sleep on the schedule other people sleep on. Now, how would this shift to, to adjust to shift work? Because there's a lot of results showing that people who work the night schedule... Well, I want to have, have an entire sure. podcast or two dedicated to discussing sleep. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll save that for next time. We'll then. save that. The sleep cast. But the one more thing within the article that you are citing... They like a lot of other articles. They always talk about fasting seems to have something to do with life extension, but no one ever has an idea why. And to me, there's an obvious idea why, which is you look at everything from an evolutionary standpoint and why the body would develop that way. And remember, nature wants you to reproduce your replacement and get out of the way. So it's not super interested in you living for 200 years. But if food isn't available, it's a big energy cost to build the next generation. It's the same thing you face, let's say, when people say, get rid of your car to get an electric car because it saves the environment. Not if you count the cost of building an extra car you don't need. Replacement is an energy and resource intensive thing. And when there are no resources, maybe nature says, we got to keep the people alive longer to reproduce when there's enough food. Put other things on hold. Yeah. So starvation very logically should lead to, no, well, not all the way. Once you starve, it's a problem, which brings me to one of my grandfather's favorite jokes. But drought, when you you are fasting because you're forced to or, or very limited eating, it should naturally adjust that way. Slow your metabolism, extend things. Well, it slows your metabolism and, I mean, cuts your energy use. use 
and do whatever it takes to keep you around longer. Which that goes into the whole mitochondria thing, and the more it's used in mitochondrial I mean, damage. But then we'll like say that for another time. Jurassic Park, nature will find a way. If you can't, re- if you species can't reproduce now, it'll hibernate, go to sleep, do what it takes to last longer. And even when a chunk gets wiped out, it's evolution. If you have a trait that helps you get through whatever this new stressor is, uh, you reproduce and move on, and that trait gets expanded. Good old evolution. Though this day and age, we're not getting chased by saber-toothed tigers, and that's a pity. You know, so I would probably be thirty pounds lighter <laughs> if there were some saber-toothed tigers around. <laughs> We could bring it back. We'll genetically engineered saber-toothed tigers. It's the new workout, the new workout craze. Ah, <laughs> Fred, Bonnie, and we can be exercising yeah, together. <laughs> the tangents are, are, are plenty. So we're, we're glad you guys came and joined us today. And... As you can see, we are a little bit all over the place from topics, but, you know, we'd love to have you back for some fun and uh, enjoy a couple of laughs and some random tangents, and we don't know what's going to happen, because neither do I. And you never know, some secrets of the universe may be revealed. Until next time. We're sponsored by Kinetic Renew. Kinetic Renew is a four-round shot of all-natural ingredients that deliver some amazing benefits, like improved mental clarity, long and short-term focus, and improved memory and cognition. Plus, Kinetic Renew improves mood with the added benefits of anti-stress and anti-anxiety. It provides antioxidants and neuroprotection, all with no caffeine, no artificial flavors, sweeteners, or colors. And it's only five calories. Here's what people are saying. I drink a bottle of Kinetic Renew, and I'm in a better mood. It's like waking up on the right side of the bed. (laughs) It's great. My mental focus is clearly better. I do notice that I have better clarity. Definitely improves my mood for sure. It reduces my stress, and I'm just so grateful for that. Visit KineticLife.com. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-Q Life.com and try Kinetic Renew. Buy or subscribe today and feel the benefits. Thank you for listening to the pilot episode of the Kinetic Life Podcast. Catch a new show every other Thursday. You can find the Kinetic Life Podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and everywhere else you can listen to a podcast. Remember, take good care of yourself, be safe, have fun, and go for your dreams. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. All comments, jokes, views, and ideas expressed are those of the hosts or guests and do not represent any company or organizations with whom they may be affiliated. Always make sure to consult your own physician before starting any new diet, supplement, or exercise routine.